All right, welcome to the BFR podcast uh, presented by Sports Marketing. My name is Dave. You can follow me on Twitter at Dave underscore BFR. I'm joined by someone a little different today. Ficky is out. Uh, no worries that we have Jacob Infante. Uh, he is the NFL uh, draft guru for the Bears over at uh, Windy City Gridiron. Jacob, man, we appreciate you hopping in, joining the show. How you doing? It's been a tough week. Yeah, I mean, that's that, yeah, you can say that again. I mean, I, I'm glad to be here. Glad to be talking about a game that's uh, – <laughs> That's not what we saw uh, last week against the Packers, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm glad to be able to come on the show and uh, I'm excited for what's going to come this Sunday. I know. I'm hoping it's a little bit different and we'll kind of get into, you know, what we believe and what we think about is going to happen just against the Bucks and what we want to see. Uh, we do have a great guest. He is over at the uh, Peter Report, I believe. He'll probably correct me if I'm wrong. I'll go ahead and bring him in. His name's Joshua. Um and we'll bring him on now. Let's see here. All right, Josh, can you hear us, man? I can hear you just fine. How's it going, guys? Well, hey, man, it's going good. Uh, this is Jacob. Um, I'm going to go ahead and switch it so we have it correct here. He um, is joining us. Uh, typically, I have my my co-host. His name's Ficky. He's not here, so you're stuck with Jacob and I. Uh, but we're very excited to have you on, man. First of all, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself. I, I was going to try and say your last name. Um, yes. And I know you cover the Bucks, but how did you get into it all? Yeah, so uh, last name's Capo. It's a lot easier than Capo. it looks. Uh, All right. So I write for pewterreport.com. So we cover the Bucks uh, exclusively uh, here in the Tampa Bay area. And um, I kind of fell into it. I was a longtime reader of Pewter Report, just followed them. Um, yeah. Just grew up in Tampa, so I was naturally a Bucks fan. And uh, a few years ago, I noticed they didn't really have anybody on this team who really had a great firm grasp of the CBA and and the salary cap. And because I'm a giant nerd, I've read the CBA and I uh, had a pretty decent knowledge of it. So uh, at the time, uh, if you guys are familiar with John Ledyard, um, he was with Pewter yeah. Report. And uh, so I just I, I dropped into his DMs. I said, hey, you know, I kind of write just for myself. Here's some samples. He enjoyed it, brought me onto the team. And uh, ever since then, it's just kind of been a roller coaster. been doing it for about a year and a half now. Okay, wonderful. I mean, so do you? Are you familiar? Uh, do you know who Brad is? He's he Brad does a lot of Spielberger. Yeah, yeah, Brad, yeah. yeah we talk a little guy. bit on on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, but I was gonna say you guys would be best friends to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. Well, hey, so Bears versus Bucks. You guys obviously had a, I wouldn't maybe a surprising win. I don't know how you know some would call it. Um, for me, I you know the Vikings. I think there was going to be kind of a step back. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't think it would be week one, week two. You know, zero and two, but. The Bears versus Vikings or the Bucks Vikings was interesting. Now you got the Bears coming to town. First of all, just kind of set the tone. What is it like in Tampa with Baker? Are you guys confident heading into Week Two, um, or are you kind of still just kind of riding that high from you know the first uh, win of the season? Yeah, I, I think most Bucks fans are extremely confident. Um, they did not take well to a lot of the national um, predictions in terms of them being in the Caleb Williams kind of. Uh, lottery uh that they may went you know i think some predictions had them at like three wins the bucks are still a very talented roster uh following the departure of tom brady but very top heavy if you will depth is not their strong suit they're rostering 13 rookies this year including i want to say seven undrafted free agents wow. so if there's injuries which they are dealing with some there was some uh news on the injury front here today with a couple of starting defensive players uh, who are going to be out for Sunday's game, um, specifically in their secondary, the drop-off is considerable and very quick. So if the injury bug doesn't hit the Bucks this year, I think in a down NFC South, you could see them competing for the division. 
Um, if it's a war of attrition, I don't think they win it. And it's already started. They lost two offensive starters for the year before they played game one, right? So Ryan Jensen, they're all pro center, gone uh, for basically the second year in a row. And they lost Russell Gage, their wide receiver three. Now here headed into week two, you lose Carlton Davis, their uh, premier outside corner. Um, and then their um, uh, first round draft pick, Kalijah Cansey, who really flashed in about 12 snaps before re-aggravating a, uh, a calf injury. Um, he's also going to be out for this game. And then their wow. rookie nickel corner, Christian Izian, um, he's been going through the concussion protocol. He is questionable for Sunday as well. So it's already kind of started, and that could lead to problems. Wow. I mean, you should, that's perfect setup. I was actually going to go into the injuries. I know there was a couple key ones you already mentioned. Jacob, do you have any thoughts on that or any questions for Josh, man? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I know you mentioned the, uh, the with Brian Jensen going down. I'm curious, that offensive line, it seems like Tristan Wirfs, obviously, you know, even though he's switching sides to left tackle, you know what he is. He's one of the best in the game. Yep. Uh, by all accounts, he did well against Minnesota. Uh, yep. And the rest of that offensive line is really young. I mean, you're looking at, you know, Cody Mock. Uh, you're looking at Luke, Luke Gattaki. 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 You know, yeah. I, I should know how to pronounce this because that's always, that's always my issue with the draft stuff is I watch the guys and yep. I, I never watch like with sound on or with commentary. So it's always just – Total guess. But yeah, for that, <laughs> that offensive line, uh, what are your thoughts about the state of that group? Because Chicago's defensive line got better compared to last year, but that's barely saying anything. It's a really right. low bar. It's overall one of the weaker groups in the league. Uh, how confident are you in Tampa's offensive line? So I think they had a really impressive showing week one, um, especially against a Brian Flores defense, right, which was blitzing quite a bit. Uh, Flores, I want to say, sent five or more rushers 55% of the time. Um, he also dropped eight, like over 15 snaps. So it was all or nothing to try and confuse Baker. And in pass protection, the offensive line held up really well. Baker Mayfield was only pressured on nine of his 38 dropbacks um, per PFF. So Really, really sound protection. Uh, the the spots that were in considerable question was probably the right side of the line. You had rookie Cody Malk uh, making his first career uh, regular season start. He held up really well. It's been a very Tristan Wirfs-like um, arc, story arc with Malk, because Wirfs coming out of Iowa, great run blocker. What's his pass pro going to look like? And then from day one, he was just an insane pass protector. Malk has had a very similar arc here in the preseason and now through week one. Uh, the run blocking has been a little bit more of an up and down roller coaster. I think that's more due to the scheme switch that they've done. And Robert Hainsey, the center next to him, has been really iffy and kind of throws off the guards around him. Um, Gedeke was making a switch. He was a right tackle at Central Michigan. The Bucks drafted him to be their left guard. He was an abject failure last year, got benched in week six. Um, they've switched him back out to right tackle this year and game one as a pass protector, solid run blocker, still some issues there. Um, but it was an in very encouraging start from where most people thought that that side of the line would be. Uh, and I think that against Chicago's line, they're set up for some success. Yeah. I mean, you guys, I was looking at the stats. This is from PFF. Also, you guys had 16 total pressures. 
um, on Kirk Cousins. You sacked him only twice, but you had seven hurries, uh, seven quarterback hits. It, it was a, a pretty good performance. So the Bears obviously have been struggling. They let up pressure against Green Bay, who has a very good front as well. What do you? What do you? What are your expectations for the Bucks line? Do you think they're going to eat as well? Is that going to be a continue? Not as much as Green Bay. I don't think yeah. the talent there, especially at the edge, yeah. we don't have a, a Rashawn Gary on the, the Bucks, right? Like it, it's just <laughs> he's God. not there. And Wyatt and Clark, they definitely, you know, they they crushed it on the interior. Vita Vea will move people. Like that's just who he is. Um, he had a down year last year. He looked to be in great conditioning. Last week. He chased down a screen from about like 30 yards and at 350 pounds to watch him run down a running back from behind. It's just like, who is, who does that? How, how is that physically possible? He makes it possible. Um, <laughs> with Cancy out, you're looking at a rotation next to him of Logan Hall, who was the Bucks top pick last year. He was first pick of the second round. Um, he's, he really hasn't been great since coming into the NFL. Um, and then you have Will Golston, you have Mike Green, who's an undrafted free agent, and then Greg Gaines, who came over from the Rams in the offseason. Um, not exactly a murderer's row in terms of pass rush, although they are going to get after it in the run game. And this is a very – last year, Bowles tried to switch things up. He went to a lot more um, too high looks, tried to get home with four. The run defense was a little bit um, softer than it had been in years past. And at least through week one this year, you see them back to being an elite run defense, lots of blitzes, single high stuff. I mean, this was a vintage Bulls game last week. And if it carries over against Chicago, they're going to, I know they're going to try and force Justin Fields to beat them with his arm. Okay. And that kind of leads me to Justin Fields. Obviously you guys have Baker, a little bit different story, no more Tom Brady, but what are, what are your thoughts on Justin Fields? And then also what is Tampa Bay? Like is the defense, uh, you know, have you guys talked about Justin all? What, what do you, is, do you fear him at all? Or kind of what's the, what's the vibe heading into this week with, with him at quarterback? Um, for Fields, for me, I think there's always got to be a healthy sense of fear because of what he can do with right. his legs. And if there is, one giant asterisk on a Todd Bowles defense in his time in Tampa Bay, it's been tackling. Uh, Joe Tryon Shanka, their edge rusher, he would have had nine or 10 sacks last year, except he doesn't know how to wrap anybody up and get him to the ground, right? Devin White, yeah. for all of his talent, one of his big issues is he'll miss a ton of tackles. And with Carlton Davis being out, the Bucks are going to rely on Zion McCollum um, on the outside. Uh, he was a fifth round pick last year, all the athletic traits in the world. DJ Moore has got to be screaming up and down, like put me on him and just let me work my magic because he had McCollum in a blender last year in Carolina. I was there at that game and it was ridiculous how many times McCollum was just like, it's like he was on a merry-go-round going, where'd he go? Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Um, so if the Bucks can tackle like they did in week one, I think that minimizes Fields' impact. If they revert back to typical Bucks tackling, Fields could go off for 120 on the ground and then hit them for some big shot plays. It'll be interesting. I, I was looking at it. You guys had one missed tackle last week, mm -hmm. which is – I was like, what? You know, a little shocked here. And Devin White had – I think he had one of the best grades for PFF as a defensive player, 90.7, which I'm a huge <laughs> fan of Devin White. Yeah, um, possibly the best game of his career. He is really? much maligned yeah. in the Tampa Bay I area. It good. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been one of his biggest critics myself. Um, 
He was everywhere. Um, him and Levante at the line of scrimmage were absolutely insane. Uh, yeah. And then the big thing with White has always been his ability and coverage, and he was fantastic. He really was not getting tripped up on his hook zones. Yeah, and he's only 25, right? And he was a first-round pick? Mm-hmm. Fifth? He's fifth playing first. on his fifth-year option. Yep. Okay. Interesting. So Jacob, speaking of like running, uh, Justin Fields last week, he had, I think two run or QB design runs. And so it wasn't really a, you know, focal point in the offense, which is a surprise to a lot of us. It's been a huge talk in Chicago. It's kind of been a, um, a crazy week. You could say there's been a lot to discuss. Jacob, you think that Justin and maybe Luke gets here going to go back to that. What do you, what do you think as far as the, the scheme for Tampa? So I feel like you have to look at last week's game against Green Bay and just say, all right, do the exact opposite of that. Because, <laughs> which, quite frankly, I mean, you have Justin Fields, you have one of, if not the most athletic quarterbacks in the NFL. And it's not even just designed runs. It's moving the pocket, getting him on bootlegs, rollouts. Uh, yeah. Run the threat of the read option or the RPO. Uh it just wasn't there. And I feel like that's something that Luke Getze, it's in his arsenal. We, we saw it last year with what Chicago did on offense, but he didn't pull it out this week or last week. So I'm curious from that perspective, if Getze's going to utilize that. Uh, I get in a vacuum wanting to go heavier on flats and screens and stuff, especially with when you have DJ Moore, you have Darnell Mooney, uh, you know, very good yak receivers but i think that activating equinemia st brown is going to be important for them because he's their best blocking wide receiver right. chase claypool is not going to be that guy <laughs> he got driven back what like five yards on that um screen oh, to mooney yeah by a dude who's he was like, like five eight pounds. like oh man like i'm the same size as that guy and so but yeah no i and i actually had a quick question for you josh uh so I was talking with uh, your guy, uh, Matt Matera, with uh, yeah. Peter Report. I was on with him the other day, and he asked me this question, so I'm going to ask it to you, but in reverse. So sure. uh, if, the Bu- if the Bears beat the Buccaneers, what would have gone wrong for Tampa Bay? Um, the Bears would have been able to isolate McCollum, um, mm-hmm. both in coverage and with some stretch runs because he's, he's worked on his run def- defense. It was a little bit better in the preseason. I still don't trust it, but um, he got exposed uh, because he'll bite too far on the inside and he won't seal the corner. And um, he, he got beat on some outside runs a bunch. So I think that's one. Uh, the Bucks don't get the turnover luck that they did against Minnesota because that was very crucial to their victory there. Um, and then Baker goes YOLO. I think those are the three keys that, how, so Baker, what, what is your guys' thoughts on him? It, obviously, he's probably just going to be around for maybe a year or two, bridge gap quarterback. Um, do you think you guys can re- really do damage this year with Baker, or is it more just you know kind of get through this year and then look at the quarterback class coming up? For Todd Bowles, I think he, he thinks he can win with him, and, and he needs yeah. to because I think Bowles' job could be on the line this year um, depending on how they, they do. I think general manager Jason Light is in a much safer spot with the Glazer family, um, and he can look a little bit more long-term. Okay. With Baker, I think the Bucks have done the best they can to recreate 2020, right? Um, in terms of he's got the playmakers, he's got 
the system that he was most successful in, right? And he's healthy. That's the big thing. We haven't really seen a healthy Baker Mayfield with a full off season in a system that he's comfortable with since he won a playoff game against the Steelers in 2020. Um, so they've tried to recreate that new offensive coordinator, Dave Canales does come from the McVay tree. It is that, you know, uh, mid zone play action bootleg type of offense that I think bodes well for Baker because it gets him throwing mostly to the sidelines, you know, couple, you know, very simple reads it doesn't ask him to go over the middle where he's had trouble throughout his career um, a whole lot. And with that, again, the NFC South is, I mean, they're three and one right now, but by the end of the season, that, that winning percentage is going to change. Um, And yeah, it's probably one of the weaker divisions. And I think that they, they can compete again, injury luck working with them. Right. Awesome. Why? Thanks, Josh, man. So let's go ahead and get to this. Um, as far as the the game itself, Bears, you're at Tampa. You know, home, it's going to be hot more than likely as far as just the weather. What is your overall prediction um, for Sunday's game against the Bears? So I know I'm on a Bears podcast, so I feel terrible doing this. No, but no, I do no. For- we weren't real. <laughs> I do foresee the Bucks winning in a fairly convincing fashion. Okay. Um, I would call it like 30 to 14. Yeah. So, oh, 30 to 14. Yeah. Oh my gosh. If it's 30 to 14, I think, uh, I think there might be some like changes, honestly, (laughs) it's that bad right now after week one, that's what happens when you lose to the Packers too. Well, from, from what I've seen from bears, Twitterverse, they, they want the changes already. (laughs) They're looking for a change at head coach. Is that not right? Yeah. And he's going to be, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely, uh, um, it's, it's not good. It, obviously losing to Jordan Love, his first real start, you could say, you know, the Kansas City game, I for me, it didn't really count, right. you know, but coming into this one, it was one that you have to, you couldn't lose the way they did. I think losing in a, in a close fashion um, would have been more tolerable, sure. easier to swallow, you know, obviously getting blown out, getting 38 dropped on you at home, no energy, you know, there's been that Chase Claypool debacle, that compilation of, you know, blocking and you throw in all the quotes this year or this week as well, it was very, um, very you know muddy as far as like kind of almost players throwing other players under the bus coaching staff not having answers it was it was not great um and the bears are actually they have um let's see here they are um two and a half point underdogs in week two against the bucks which i don't know i thought it'd be a little higher but you know again um so for me the over and under is set at 41 point shots i want to end you with this do you think um you said 30 to 14 so you're thinking it's going over not by much, but, and that's because of the Bucks. Justin. Yeah, yeah, awesome, man, <laughs> awesome. Jacob, you have anything else for for Josh before we let him go, man? I don't, honestly. I think this has been oh. great, uh, just to you know be able to hear from a Tampa perspective. Uh, you know, it's always insightful to because you know we have these you know these Bears colored glasses, yep. Yep. and so to be able to hear from you know from an outside perspective what the opinion is of the Bears and also what the opinion is of the team that. Uh, our favorite team is going to be facing. Uh, it's always, you know, refreshing. And I think you've you know, provided some really good insights. So, yeah, no, I really appreciate you uh, coming on, man. Hey, thanks, guys. It's been a blast sure. being on. All right, Josh, you take care, man. Enjoy the weekend. And like I said, hopefully the game's a little bit closer than you predicted, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> I would love some close fourth quarter football. I love it, Josh. Well, you take care, man. See you.
All right. So appreciate Josh coming in, uh, coming on again. Um, it's always a pleasure just kind of having a, a fresh perspective, kind of like what Jacob said, just having kind of removing what we, cause I mean, honestly, I feel a little bit better than 30 to 14. I, I think the bears might even have a chance this week, which again, those bears goggles are on. Um, and I think it's more of just hope at this point, but Jacob, um, like I said, I appreciate you, first of all, hopping on and just you know co-hosting with me. Uh, I know you've been on the show before. We appreciate it. I'm going to go ahead. We're going to go ahead and jump right into just kind of our keys for the game. Um, obviously, we heard from the Bucks side what they kind of have to do to kind of maybe um, obviously prevent an upset um, if you're looking at the money line. Uh, but what are the, your keys for this week, you know, for the Bears just heading into Tampa? Obviously, to do everything opposite of last week. But what does that truly, what does that truly mean? So I think that Part of that comes down to, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I think the ability to get Justin Fields on the move, get some more moving pockets, not only easier for him and utilizes his athleticism, but it makes it easier on the offensive line. And I think that especially along the interior, the more you can naturally get your guys on the move, the more likely you are to displace a guy like Vita Vea, which is a really tough thing to do. Yeah. But the more you move those pockets, the less isolated that situation is going to be, the more likely you're going to have double teams that are, you know, a bit more natural and don't have a massive gap elsewhere. Uh, a couple other things I'd like to see the bears utilize a bit more 12 personnel. So yeah, the one running back two tight ends. I think that obviously Robert Tanyan being hurt played a role in his not playing a whole lot, but I want to see him a little bit more, a little bit more Mercedes Lewis. I think that if you have one of the best blocking tight ends in the NFL, you should use him. And they only used him, I think it was five offensive snaps. Not much, like man. It was, def it was single digits. I know that for sure. Uh, yeah. And I think that especially with offensive line struggles, having a piece like that, uh, is very valuable for chip blocks, for you know inline stuff against edge rushers and linebackers. And offensively, I think the last one I have is attack the middle of the field. And with DJ that, Moore. Yeah. <laughs> with DJ Moore, ideally. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it, it was just, it was confusing. I could go on about only targeting DJ Moore twice, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's in the past. They got to yeah. change that. But I think from a middle of the field perspective, uh, it gives a wide receiver a bit more of an opportunity to make plays in space just because, and I understand you get them outside hypothetically, you know, you get more space, but with the screens and the flats that the bears ran, those were like bunched formations. Everyone's just crammed so that there's not as much space as it seemed like there would be for a screen. And they're yeah. not, they're not super spread out. The edge rushers are relatively close and, if your offensive linemen don't do the job, you've got edge rushers and the only line of defense is your wide receivers. So, uh, you know, I'll rambling aside, uh, no, you're good, man. Middle of the field is that's my, my own personal offensive philosophy as a, uh, as someone who sits and watches TV, uh, and doesn't coach or anything. Uh, but yeah, I think, Offense, those are the big keys. Defense, uh, I'll try and keep it shorter, but a bit more blitzing. The four-man rush wasn't getting the job done. There was a heavy reliance on that. Uh, yeah. Whether it's linebackers, safeties, nickel, what have you, 
Uh, I'd like to see a little bit more variety. And that's there. that's where you wish you had Kyler Gordon in there too, because like he, I feel like he was great as as far as blitzing. You know, maybe the nickel or something like that. And he's not there. He'll, he's obviously going to be gone uh, for at least four weeks. We'll see. But I think that's a that's that's a great point right there. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, and I definitely agree. Like Kyler's with his playing style, with his willingness to get physical, uh, he's an ideal blitzing nickel. And then the last one is just stop playing so passive in coverage. I think, and I think it's more of a scheme thing than anything. And yep. is I tweeted out earlier, I think a couple of days ago, you're two. Great tweet. Thank you, thank you. And you got two starting <laughs> outside corners. It's uh, Jalen Johnson and Tyreek Stevenson. That's who you have. Both of those guys, they thrive because they're bigger corners. They're more physical corners. They've got good length and they're aggressive. They thrive near the line of scrimmage. They're better in press. And the Bears insisted on playing them in soft zones and playing them in off man. And when you do that, you're relying so much on short area quickness, which is a weakness for both of those guys. So yeah. Well, just play to your strengths. I, I mean, I feel like that shouldn't be such a hot take or anything, but apparently, you know, it's something they didn't utilize last week. And the thing that pisses me off the most, like I saw your tweet and I was like, it was a great tweet, but honestly, I was, it almost threw me over the edge. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> like I, I was, I was kind of trying to figure out words to say, cause like the defense, especially on third down, that's one of my keys for this week is like, I think they did a very good job in that first half as far as just getting to those third and longs, third and eight, third and nine. Sometimes I think it was third and 13, but Jordan Love had all the time in the world. You rushed four most of the time, and they were able to you know, complete or to go ahead and uh, get, you know, get the third down. Yeah. And that just kept drives alive and ultimately ended up in points almost every single drive. And so for me, it's like great job getting to third and long, third and five, but you got to get off the field there. And that's where pressure, sending an extra man – Making Baker make a mistake, because I think he's prone to that. We've seen it already. He, that's the reason why he's bouncing around the league. Jordan Love was great. They had a great game plan. The coaching was phenomenal. Obviously outclassed the Bears there. For me, it's like if they can get pressure, like you mentioned, especially on third down, you, Baker's going to make a mistake. You know, So that's one of my keys. I'll start on the defensive side. I love the coverage analysts, I, or analysts uh, part of it because, I, again, your tweet, I was going to bring it up either way. It's completely – you have guys that are physical, that can press, you know, with J.J. Um, and even Tariq Stevenson. So, for me, you got you to utilize that. And then also, as far as just the, the defensive line, it's like oh, you, you can only do so much because there's not as much talent um, that you would like there, and that will probably come next year um, in the coming years as Ryan Poles kind of set us up for that future to kind of um, get there. So, for me, it's like – how are they going to get pressure sending more? Absolutely. But you need to have, you know, Yannick and Gakwe. Um, he got one sack last week, but it's like on those third, you know, third down plays, you have to be able to get maybe a hit or some just added pressure. Um, I think he had two pressures last week and one of them was a sack and it's just not enough. It's not enough. Again, it is week one, but for me, as far as, you know, keys for the defense, there has to be some pressure. Otherwise, just like Jordan Love, who we don't know if he's a great, good quarterback yet, but he certainly looked that way last week because of all that time that the Packers offensive line gave him. And, you know, that's a testament to the offensive line there. Um, as far as the offense, uh, my keys there, man. Um, yeah, I think you said it perfectly. Just do everything opposite. I think one of the biggest things for me as far as like almost coaching malpractice was just the, the game plan itself. Like Justin, his biggest – like asset is his legs. And I know a lot of people may be against that as far as just wanting a running quarterback to run. 
and they want a guy who's traditional who can you know beat you through the air and Justin can do that at times but as far as using his legs um, they got to do it more there was two QB designed runs um, those are safer than having him scramble for his life like like he did last week on some of those plays because you can kind of eliminate some variables um, with those QB designed runs and so for you know heading into this week it's like man you if they don't have what I would say like seven. I think seven would be a sweet spot for me. Get, give me seven. And if it's going great, keep maybe throw a couple more in there. Get to double digits. But if it's stopped and you did seven times and, you know, they just have your number, Devin White, uh, and they're just – they're reading it. Okay, then let's go to, um, you know, plan B. But as far as plan A, you have to use his legs and keep that defense at bay because if he can keep the, get some chunk plays, you know, 10 yards here, seven, 15, 20 – whatever it might be, he can even get you 60. But then it's like the defense is going to play a little bit more relaxed. They're going to have to account for Justin. And so they're not going to send the house on, on some of these plays. And so for me, using his legs has to be at the top of the you know my priority list. I don't know how you feel about that. Um, I'm sure, How do you feel? Obviously, you like Justin and his legs, but do you, do you want to see more emphasis on that? To an extent, yeah. I, and I think that – I, I think I'm thinking a little bit more in terms of having him throw on the run uh, and getting him on the move and then throwing the ball, but also design runs. I'm with you there. I think that uh, I think that to some extent it's, you know, you have to take advantage of that. And obviously his athleticism makes, you know, it makes him one of the best running back running quarterbacks, almost almost said running backs on accident. Packers Twitter would have had a field day with that. Man, so glad I didn't. <laughs> but yeah, no, and so I, I agree with you. I think that you got to utilize Fields' legs to some extent. Uh, yeah. In an ideal world, you you know you don't have maybe your quarterback running like ten or so time, 10, 15 times a game, but at the same time you have that athleticism, might as well use it. That's yeah. my, that's my viewpoint of it. And uh, just real quick, I saw a comment saying, "Not sure you can play man against Evans and Godwin." Yeah, uh, I think that makes sense. I understand that sentiment. I think that it would have made more sense to play like closer man against Jaden Reed and Romeo Dobbs. <laughs> which, like, dude, why would you not? Uh, you I know, man. Confidence in your corners, but. I mean, I think that's fair. I would like to see more man than what they showed in week one. Uh, but, right. at the, you know, more press man, I should say. But at the same time, uh, maybe show some press looks and then drop back into zone. I think that condensing those spaces, I think that's probably going to be to the best of your abilities. And, yeah, sure, Evans and Godwin, they're not the most, like, twitchy guys, but they're also – just intelligent. They know how to get open, even though they're not like four, four, two, five athletes or something. Uh, they're crafty. They're veterans. They know how to get open. They know how to eat up zone coverage. So uh, yeah. I think in the more condensed space that you have there, the better. Absolutely. And again, I guess I'll finish, you know, one other key is the offensive line. We have a comment here from Michael Mack on Facebook. He goes offensive, awful offensive line, bad play calling. They don't throw past five yards. Um, I want to go ahead and obviously the first part, awful offensive line. That's something that's got to change. Justin cannot be running for his life. Obviously there was a an amazing video uh, by the QB school. I think you've watched it, Jake. Well, I think everyone, if you haven't, 
go watch it, but it's on YouTube. Um, he's a great account as far as just learning football and, and the quarterback play itself. But the offensive line wasn't great. He pointed out there, but Fields also missed some, missed some, you know, he was way too quick on some of his reads. He was skipping over. Um, he had some shots down the field that he did not take, which he's a big game hunter, or at least he was. And so it's like, was he coached out of that? I don't know. But for me, another key is one, Fields has to revert back to taking some deep shots. He said in his presser this week, you know, hey, I missed some shots. I didn't give DJ. He said Claypool as well, which I thought was noteworthy that, you know, he did not give those guys enough opportunities. And so for me, it's like, you got to do that. And the offensive line has to do their part where they can give him more than, you know, a second and a half. Give him the two and a half, three that, you know, Jordan Love got. Maybe get him on the run a little bit more. Um, change the, um, just the launch points. You have to do that. And and, and then maybe you have a chance against, you know, Tampa Bay. Um I want to go over a couple things just heading into this game. Um, it looks like as far as the injury report, we have um, Robert Tunyon. He is going to be back. So that 12 personnel is likely going to be there, um, which was a surprise last week. And I think that injury on Saturday before the game played a huge, I think it changed a lot more than we probably know. Um, and so right now it's just as far as the injury report, it's Bears cornerback Josh uh, Blackwell. He's the only player with an injury uh, designation for Sunday's game against the Bucks. He's doubtful with a hamstring injury. Uh, linebacker Dylan Cole, who's been dealing with, you know, some issues in the week. He's actually good to go. So only one player. So you are healthy. Once again, obviously missing Tevin and Kyler. Um, but at that point, that's all you can do there. Um, another thing here is um, Bears defensive coordinator, Alan Williams. It was today, September 15th. We had Adam Sheffer. He reported that Alan Williams will miss Sunday's game at Tampa due to personal reasons. So Jacob, I have a question for you. Matt Eberflus is going to be the fill-in as the D- DC back to his indie days where they had a top 10 defense almost every single year. What do you think? Obviously hope everything's okay with Allen and his family, but are you kind of intrigued? Cause I, I kind of feel that way as far as what is Flus going to do if maybe anything, but I believe there's going to be a difference as far as how he calls the game. Um, and so what do you think about that? What, anything you think you might, we might see maybe a little different, maybe a couple wrinkles from Flus. Yeah. So, and I'm very curious to see what, the e what it's good the defense is going to look like with Eberflus calling the shots. Uh, I mean, I wish it was under different circumstances. I you know don't know what's going on with Alan Williams, but hope everything's okay there. Uh, I do think that you know after watching Week One, you have to realize okay, we're playing bend don't break defense, and we're relying on a four man rush. But the fact of the matter is. We, we can't get there. We can't get to the quarterback We're you know, we're playing too yeah. passive. We're not talented enough, which, you know, it's, it sucks to say, but I don't think it's a finished product to the point where you can play this scheme as well as, you know, some teams, especially those mid 2000s bears have played it in the past. So I think you've got to add a few more wrinkles. You got to get creative in how you rush the passer, get creative in the coverage looks you have. I think, in an ideal situation, I do think this defense could work uh, this scheme. And I do think that, you know, say whatever you want about the fact that it's a 2000s defense and that's true, but I think there, there are enough retools to this scheme that I think it could work. I just think that the bears currently don't have the personnel to pull it off entirely. So I'd like to see Eberflus get a little bit creative and, you know, like I mentioned with the blitzes, exotic rush looks, different coverage packages, stuff like that. Yeah. 
I love it, man. I'm I'm very intrigued with Flus and what he can do. Just because I remember in Indy, he was very he was obviously very good, top ten, and that was before they had Buckner. Like obviously having him game changer, but that he was still top ten in defense for Indy without that piece right there. So for me, it's like very very intriguing. I look forward to it. Obviously, hopefully everything is okay with Allen. We you know you hate to see that, um, but again, it, as far as the football perspective. And as a fan analyst, we're like, okay, this is interesting. So if, I'm excited to see kind of what transpires on Sunday. We have um, a question here. Luke Getzey and Eber, said, Eberflus and Poles decide who's active or inactive on Sunday. Why is Poles involved in that decision? Shouldn't it uh, be Eberflus and Getzey deciding that? Jacob, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that, man? It's a good question. That is a good question. I, I mean, I'm honestly I'm, – I'm with you there. I think that – if Getsy's calling the shots on offense, he should have a say in who he's working with. Uh, but that's just me. I think that polls, obviously he's scouted these guys. He knows what they're capable of. So I don't think it's the end of the world that he has some sort of say because he's, he's a good evaluator. I, I believe that in the grand scheme of things uh, in terms of identifying talent. Now, the allocation of resources to talent. I mean, that remains to be seen, but I do think that the actual talent evaluation he's good at. So I don't think the end of the world by any means that polls is involved, but I mean, yeah, I feel like Getsy and then, you know, even Alan Williams, they should get together, you know, the four of them and discuss that. But uh, yeah, no, definitely something to be curious about. I'm wondering, uh, you know, why isn't Getsy involved? Why hasn't Williams been involved? But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit confused by it. So I'm just curious yeah. to see if we'll get any clarity, uh, as yeah. the season goes on. I've, uh, I've actually, I've taken, I took like two days off Twitter. Um, I have family in, so it wasn't like, you know, I planned it. It kind of came at like almost the perfect time. Cause I've, uh, it's been very, um, it's been interesting, crazy, kind of depressing. I've heard cause I, first day back today, um, but we have, um, let's see here, the um, the play call or deciding who plays is, is very interesting because I, I like you said, Ryan Poles, I, I do trust him. Um, but as far as Eberflus goes, um, and I don't know, it, I think at the end of the day that it really shouldn't matter. Um, but then, but with where everything is going right now and, and a dumpster fire of last week, it's like everything is being questioned at this point. So, it's, it's kind of fair game. I don't know. Um, I would like to kind of, I wish we had a, an idea of like, you know, as far as around the league, you know, is this a normal thing? Um, you know, how do other teams do it? It's something we can look into, but at the end of the day, it really should not matter, you know? Um, but the fact is everything kind of matters when it's under a microscope after such a disappointing week um, and opening, you know, game against Green Bay. So I have some over and unders here, Jacob, that we're going to go through before we kind of give our predictions, man. Um, Obviously, we kind of went over the week two um, over-under. It's set at 41 points. Um, do you have a, what, what are your thoughts on that over-under? What are you taking there? So I'm going slightly over. I'm going slightly over. Okay. Uh, not, as many, not, not as many points as Josh had, but I do think that uh, – I do think we go over. Uh, just clarifying, uh, did you say 41, was it? It was yeah. It's set at forty-one Bears Bucks week it's two, pretty, which is pretty low. Uh, it is. I'll, yeah, I'll take I'll take the over on that by a little bit. Okay, okay. Um, I think I'm going to do as well, just because I, I do think it's going to be. I think there'll be some fun plays. Hopefully, you know the Bears will contribute 
in that category. <laughs> um, we'll see. And then, of course, we, 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 we spoke on it earlier. They're listed as two-and-a-half-point underdogs for week two. The Bears have plus 120 odds to winning Tampa. The Bucks, on the other hand, have minus 145. Um, so there's some quarterback props I want to get to here as well. We have uh, So Fields went 24 for 37 last week, a lot of garbage time. Uh, that kind of has to be thrown in there. He had 216 passing yards, a touchdown, and, of course, that interception. Um, so the odds makers actually have Justin having a worse day through the air against the Bucks, which is interesting. Um, so Justin Fields, his over-under is set, set at 170.5. Jacob, are you taking – what are you taking here? That's tough. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little bit. I'm gonna go over. Uh, I, I do think okay. that. No, I don't know if 200 is what he'll hit, but I do think that. You know, like when you consider 180, 190, I think that's definitely possible. Uh, especially mm-hmm. given the more run-heavy nature of this Bears offense at its core, and the fact that I don't think it's going to be as much of a. You know, I don't think it's going to be a blowout to the point where you're just throwing in the ball in garbage time. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to go over on that, but well, that's just me, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Tampa's defense is ranked middle of the pack, like right now. They're at 17th in the league. Um, I think they're, they're just pretty good at everything, stopping the run, uh, passing. Their, and the idea is it, this is just going off week one as far as, you know, PFF goes. So a lot, lot can happen, you know, eight weeks down the road. We can be looking at, you know, a bottom 10 defense for Tampa. We don't know, or top 10. So for me, it's, it's tough because, like, Justin Fields – 170 and a half just seems so low in 2023. Like yeah. it's frustrating. And, but it is Justin who has not pr- been proven as a prolific passer. And that's, you know, fair to say for me, I'm going to go over as well. I would love to see him go over 200 yards in back-to-back games. I don't really see it happening. Um, but if there's any time to do it, it's going to be this week. Cause he needs to quiet a lot of people. Um, I think the entire offense as a whole has to kind of perform a lot better. Obviously they, don't have they can do a little bit they can do just a little bit different and I think that's going to be a huge improvement because last week was tough and I think another thing for them is finishing drives if they've early on in that game finished with seven instead of three I think this game is completely different I think the energy on the sidelines I think the team has more confidence Justin is a guy who once he kind of gets going once that confidence there I think we kind of see him perform at a better level and I think that goes for probably every quarterback but we'd love to see him get in the rhythm there not just on screen plays so I'll go a little I'm gonna go over as well I don't think he gets 200 but I'd love to see it you know um Baker Mayfield over under passing yards he's at 225 and a half oh see I was thinking (laughs) yeah I was thinking somewhere in that 220 230 range so that's oh wow that's a that's a tough one I'm gonna go lower just by a little bit I, I, I do okay. think that Baker's going to out in just in terms of passing yards. I think Baker's going to have more passing yards than Justin Fields. And I think that's just because of the, the offense you're looking at here, but yeah, I'll go, I'll go a little bit under, obviously I'd love to be love to be right on that. Uh, and if Baker ends up throwing for like 350 yards, then, you know, whatever uh, I'll yeah. you know send a welfare check to my home. Um, but uh, but so, yeah, I'm going a li- I'm going a little bit under, but I think he tops okay. under though. Yeah, me too. I think I'm going to go under as well. I, I like the two two fifteen two ten. I yeah. could see him around that, and I think that's okay. Now I want to move to the receivers. We have DJ Moore, who should be a you know a focal point this week. I mean, God forbid. I mean, 
we have to see him more involved. And I, I believe that's going to happen, but it's the Bears and who really knows? Like they can disappoint us in so many different ways. So for me, it's like, Justin, you have to make, you got to give him at least eight to 12 targets. That's how I feel just because I think he's that much of a game changer. You can throw a slant his way and he could take it 50, you know, yeah. but if you don't give him the targets, we're never going to know. He's not gonna be able to break that tackle, make that move. Um, if you're not giving him the ball in open space. So he is set at receiving yards, 45 and a half. That's, that seems low too, but what are you thinking over under? So 45 and a half. I'm thinking over. Uh, okay. Not, it better be. <laughs> yeah, it better be. Uh, I don't know why, but there's a really, there's like a specific stat line that's like in my head right now. Okay. And what is it? So seven targets, four catches, 54 yards and a touchdown. That's, God, that's improvement. Yeah, that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I feel like that's given around where we've said, you know, okay. Fields is going to produce uh, and factoring in everyone else is going to be throwing the ball. I think that's fair. Yeah. Obviously I'd love for it to be even more. Uh, I feel like he's certainly capable of doing, of, you know, having more receiving yards, more receptions. And he has in the past. Absolutely. And yeah. I think those games will come, uh, but for the time being, with you know such a low line and that you know the lack of DJ Moore fresh in Chicago's mind, I do think they'll utilize him a bit more uh, in, against Tampa, which it's yeah. not a high bar, but I think I think they do. So one of my bold predictions this week, it was one of, I just wrote an article was, uh, on SportsMarket.com that we just posted. It's my bold predictions. Yeah. So for me. One of them was DJ Moore because I believe that they are going to utilize him to the max this week. I really think they're one, they heard, you know, the uproar as far as just, you know, how do you trade a first round pick and just only get two targets for that guy that you traded for, especially as dynamic as DJ Moore? And it has to be unsettling. They have to be pissed. Um, and Justin, of course, did miss him a couple times. So that has to get better. He has to get to his reads. He has to make the correct throws. He has to get DJ involved. So for me, my bold, one of my bold predictions, it, it kind of does seem maybe too bold, is I think he tops 100-plus receiving yards. Or I'm sorry, total yards. So as far as just jet sweeps maybe um, and just getting him the ball, force-feeding him. So if he gets 8 to 12 targets, I think that's possible. Yeah. Um, again, Mooney had a great week last week. He led uh, the team in receiving. Love that bounce back. But for me, it's like, I got to see this connection that we heard about all summer, you know, and starting, you know, getting hundred plus yards as either receiver or, you know, rushing seems like a lot. It is probably not going to happen. Um, I'll be so happy with like just 70, you know, but yeah. for me, got to be bold. It's part of the, you know, the bit um, I'm going to go over. So I'm going to go over 40, 45 and a half for me. I don't think he gets a touchdown. I think they utilize him to get to that red zone and maybe obviously try to get a couple targets there, but I think maybe commit, um, might even be Mooney. There's going to be a lot of, um, especially if he gets going DJ, I think they're going to try to stop him, especially when you get to that, you know, 10, you know, 15 yard line. Um, so for me, I don't think he gets touched on, but I'm going to say about 70 yards um, is what I'm expecting. And, and that's, I don't think that's much to ask for a guy that is a true number one. And then Justin supposedly has that chemistry. So bounce back from last week, maybe throwing a couple more yards, but I would go over now chase Claypool. I want to end it here and we'll get to our predictions. Okay. Obviously, not a great outing, but there's been talk about maybe benching him. 
whatever. I, for me, I have kind of passion on this, on uh, my stance. I want to kind of, what are your thoughts on one is, should he be active Sunday? Um, and two, what do you expect from Claypool um, heading into week two? So I'd still keep him active. I'd just judging off of what we saw from him in week one, I naturally tried some more looks. I try some more looks for other receivers, try to see what uh, Equinemius St. Brown can do. I'd activate him. Uh, I try to see what Tyler Scott can do in some cases, you know, very different skill set from Claypool, but just see what you have there. Uh, so I'd, I'd still, I'd still play Claypool. I think someone naturally with that size and speed is someone worth playing, uh, at least for right now. And I love nothing more than for him to prove me wrong. You know, I think that there's so much raw physical talent there, but I, I'm just, wor- I'm, con- I, I'm confused. Like yeah. the mentality, good work. yeah, the mentality hasn't been there to this point where I don't know if he wants to get better which is a shame because I think that, you know, we saw early on in his Steelers career, the ceiling with him is super high. So I'd, I'd give him some more. I'd give him a little bit of leeway, but I'm also tightening the leash. I'm significantly tightening the leash. Uh, So if, you know, if there's another performance along the lines of what we saw in week one, then yeah, I'd consider, you know, sending him to the bench, but yeah, we have a comment here. that says Claypool came here to catch touchdowns and be a physical wide receiver. I kind of understand his frustration, but he has to be a team player. That was from Tarun, a Tarin. Um, and I kind of I agree to a point. Um, but Flew said that in practice he's he's been executing these blocks. You know, he there's a reason they threw him on the field here, or put him on the field for these you know these design plays, and it's because he's executed in practice. So for me, it's about technique. It's about I think he has the willingness to block. I just, I'd be shocked if he didn't. Like he, he's a team player. He should be. Um, for me, it's like we look back at his rookie year, and and it's like, yeah, it was great. There's a lot of flashes. I think a lot of Bear fans were saying, you know, you know, why did we, you know, not get him instead of Komet? It was that it was talked about. That's how good he was. Yeah. And I think Bears fans obviously tend to do that a lot. There's been that Jalen Carter talk, which that sucks. Um, honestly, that's tough to, I mean, he, there's a reason a lot of teams passed on him. It wasn't just the bears, but again, if his character and everything improves, man, the talent is there. Like, and we're seeing in Philly right now, and it's, it's going to be a tough pill to swallow. And, but at the same time, Darnell Wright had a pretty good first week, you know, um, wasn't too, you know, some rookie or Rocky snaps as a rookie that's going to happen. But overall he wasn't terrible. You know, it was more so Braxton Jones that I was worried about, um, or that was just popping up on the screen. Um, that wasn't good. So for me, for Chase Claypool, I'm I am frustrated with that his performance in week one. But at the same time, Justin, he said himself he has to get Claypool more shots. You have to give him the ball, but Claypool has to earn that too. And that starts with the block, and that starts with executing. As far as a guy who's five eight blowing up a screen, almost taking Mooney's head off, you cannot do that. It cannot happen. And so I see why that, you know, compilation of plays is, you know, popping around or what's going around early in the week. I'm sure it's still you know, getting some, some heat and Kyle Brandt even talked about it, you know, on good morning football. He didn't mention his name, but he's like, he can't be, you know, loafing around like that. You can't be playing, going through the motions like he did. And the energy as a whole will, you know, not even just Claypool was, he thought it'd be more bears versus Packers week one. And the team was just, you could see that they were, you know, distant and the emotion was lacking. So for me, 
I don't think you bench him. I think that's way too soon. However, if he has a repeat performance and it was, it's as bad as week one, then you can jump the gun to perhaps like, okay, sending a message um, and going there. But the fact is, if you have to go that route and you gave up that pick that you did, even though you didn't know it was number 32, that's going to be tough. There's As far as the evaluation you know, pro, uh, process and everything, it's got to be looked into with polls and the staff because – Man, that would be a huge, huge. If he can't even contribute, that's a whole different story. You know, if yeah. he's wide receiver three, that's fine. It is what it is. You gave up. You didn't know the pick, but if he's off the team, that's oh, that'd be that'd be insane to fathom, and it'd be such a Bears thing to happen. So uh, we have Bryson here saying Bears Twitter has been rough. Uh, yeah, it has. I'm like I said, I'm glad I kind of took some time off over there, um, but I'm glad. I'm hoping that we kind of bounce back. So we'll we'll go ahead and get to our predictions here. Curious to kind of see how you feel, Jacob, just heading into this game against the Bucks. Obviously, the Bears have a lot that they can fix. Is it going to be enough? But what 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 do you think? What do you what is your score predictions? Give us your breakdown. What's going to happen Sunday? So I feel like naturally, after such a big blowout loss, you're going to have to make some changes and you're going to have to adjust the way you attack a game. And I think that'll show up to some extent. With the Bears, I think it'll be a much closer game against Tampa Bay than what it was against the Packers. Uh, I do have the Bears losing. I have it uh, 23 to 20. So I have it in a close game. Uh, What I have right now is Fields throws a touchdown, rushes for a touchdown, and throws a pick. Okay, so two total, one pick. Yeah. But is it a bounce-back game for him? Like, Uh, are we – is the – is the talk of the town going to be, you know, are we moving on from Justin or is it, okay, Hey, he showed improvement. This is a, this is what we expected. Let's see if he can keep building on this. What, what is the, what is the headline going to be on Monday morning? So I think it's going to be a step in the right direction uh, for Justin. I truly do. And okay. I think with just someone who's as talented as he is with the work ethic that he has, I feel like after a game like that, you know, you have to, there's got to be a little bit of fire underneath him. And I don't doubt that that's going to be the case. Uh, I do think that, you know, maybe a lack of a pass rush is going to hurt the bears. And I have it as not a super high scoring game. I think Tampa is going to, run the ball a good amount too and take advantage of that wind down the yeah. clock. Uh, but, you know, I do think that both offensive drives uh, for both teams are going to be fairly efficient. They're just going to take a long time. So 23-20 is what I have for the Bucks winning that game. Uh, I think the headline is Fields plays better. Obviously, he doesn't light the he doesn't set the world on fire. He's not like, oh my god, this guy's elite or anything. But it's like, all right, you know, it's a step in the right direction. He looks better than what we saw from him in week one. So it's just continuing to you know add on momentum and build upon some of those weaknesses. Uh, We have a comment here that would be twelve straight losses as well heading into into KC. That would probably be thirteen. Then you can probably chalk that one up at Arrowhead. God. That's tough. Um, again, before I give my prediction, um, if you've enjoyed the show, um, you like the content, go ahead and leave a like. Um, you can check again. You can check my stuff out at sportsmockery.com. Check out Jacob at Windy City Gridiron. Um, I think you have a podcast now, kind of, Jacob, or you do spaces? Yeah, so I'm doing uh, – I do spaces just every once in a while. Uh, yep. 
usually just whenever I go out for a walk, uh, I just yeah, <laughs> put my phone out and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to take some questions. Uh, so, oh, yeah. Yes. Ficky's in here. Yeah, Ficky. Uh, so Ficky, for, for the for again, we're, we'll get to my prediction, but he's actually getting a tattoo in Dallas. Uh, I think today's his last day. He's finishing up his sleeve. It's been like eight hours, so we'll hear from him after the game. But he just commented here for our Apple Spotify users. Uh, he said, "Let's go Bears, Ficky. Ficky, if you're in here, man, give us your prediction. I'll read it out loud before I, you know before we end the show. Um, but shout out to him. I'm excited to kind of see what his sleeve finally uh, looks like." Again, if you like the content, leave a like. It does help the channel grow. Sub if you want to be here for the rest of the season. Hopefully, it's going to be a fun one. Uh, my prediction is going to be an interesting one because I had a lot of confidence heading into week one. I actually picked the the Bears to win. Uh, Jacob, I think you did as well. or you, Yeah, you had the Bears winning. I can't remember. I think it was close. I'm, I'm, lit- yeah. I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to pull it yeah, up. Yeah, you pull it up. You get it up. I think you were. Um so for me, my prediction this week is I do believe the Bears bounce back, and I think it's enough for them to beat Tampa, mainly because I think Baker may struggle. Um, he's kind of up and down as far as a roller coaster goes. I so I, I'm going to pick against Baker here. I think the the Bears will struggle at times, but I think they are going to flip the script. I think they're going to throw out what they did in Week One. I think they just have to, from a coaching standpoint, from a viewpoint, that the team. The team's morale, they just have to do something different offensively. So running fields, I think that's going to happen. I believe the Bears are going to be able to win this one uh, 24-21. That's my, that's my gut. I think 24 might even be high. Um, I believe it might be even low scoring, but 24-21 is my pick. I think Justin Fields does have a bounce-back game. He doesn't have you know, bad performances you know, back-to-back typically. He does kind of bounce back. Um, we've seen it here you know, three years now or almost three years, and even in college, he just doesn't have b- bad games in a back-to-back um, scenario. Ficky likes to mention that, and I think it's true here too. So that's my guess. I could be totally wrong. I mean, it is the Bears we're talking about here. Um, let's see here. Jacob, did you find out what your prediction was? I did. I took the Bears minus two, and then, yeah, so okay. I, I had the Bears winning. Uh, Look at us now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, first of all <laughs> – there's a reason I didn't talk a lot of shit, you know, all off season. It's because of that scenario. I learned my lessons from 2019, but yeah. I know a lot of people who had to like almost like mute people because the Packers fans, rightfully so, were lighting up everyone. Did you kind of get some of that heat too, or? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I got, uh, like I did a space uh, the night of that game, like a couple hours after. Like I did my post game write up, and then I hopped on spaces. And there are these two, these two Packers trolls who have been in my mentions for months. Like I swear, <laughs> they have, like tweet notifications on for me. Is it the Giannis guy or no? Uh, it's like the yeah, Troll. yeah, the Giannis dude. Uh, like, oh man, I, I don't, I don't remember exactly. What he must was. feel so vindicated. Yeah, after and, going. And- <laughs> He was commenting at every post of mine and so many others for like a month or two months straight. Yeah. And then uh, it finally worked out for him. So now he's, you know, letting oh, yeah hear about it. Uh, and then, yeah, that and the uh, Jair Alexander, the fake account. I don't know if you've seen that. Is like, Jair oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Who are, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. He hopped in my space and uh, it was, it was something like he came in with like this. He was doing like a. You like, let him talk. Yeah, I let him. Bo- I let him talk. Yeah. I'm like talking yeah. shit. Whatever. All uh, right, and I'm like, 
he, he was doing like this high pitched voice or whatever. And then he just like, <laughs> he just broke and he started laughing and then he left. And then I'd never heard from him again. There you go. Yeah. Those are the two guys. Yeah. Trolled by oh, yeah. Akumbo. Yeah. And then, and then Jar, Jar Real Alexander. Yeah. First of yeah. all, I can't stand that. I can't stand uh, Alexander. Uh, that corner. I, I, he's good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He's good. He's paid for a reason. But God, I hope to God we, you know, when do we play the Bears again or the Packers week 18? I think or week so. 16? I think it's, Anyways, I hope it's for, yeah, I hope it's a meaningful game and we torch him multiple times like god i would love that just from i just don't like him man as a i'm sure he's a great human being but as far as the rivalry as far as bears packers i cannot stand him because he talks shit after the game he's just like yeah what do you expect is going to happen as far as like locking up dj more just getting two targets it's frustrating yeah um so for me i'm picking the bears uh looks like justin has his prediction here he has the same thing so he said 24 21 bears bounce back game for the offense and then he says, Dave is spot on. He says, wow, Dave, you took my prediction. Um, <laughs> shout out to Vicky again. But yeah, that was that's how I'm feeling, man. I, I, I wanted to go a little higher just because, but I have no faith right now that we're going to score more than, God, you know, 24 doesn't seem like a lot. But yeah. I think 24 might be even more than, I, than we can, you know, kinda, I don't know, get as far as against Tampa, who's a tough defense. We'll see. Um, we have uh, one last thing. Uh, that guy, 44, any chance the Bears silently relieved Allen Williams? I don't think so. I don't think they would cover it like this. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't It doesn't line up with what some of the uh, – like the way that the McCaskies have done things. I mean, yeah. they, they don't – they haven't fired a head coach midseason. I don't think ever if they have it was like decades ago. Yeah. Uh, but you know that's just not the way they do things, and I feel like if they, you know, if they let go of Allen, then I feel like it'd be it'd be public news by now. I feel like this is something. Yeah, they wouldn't cover it up in a yeah in a personal manner. Which who knows what's going on? We we hope everything's we're all right with him. Yeah. Um, but Vicky said week seventeen at the Packers. You got it. So I mean, hopefully that's a meaningful game for the division. We'll see. I mean, Minnesota's zero and two. Hopefully Lions, you know, lose as well, and and the Packers, and we'll be all tied out one one. You know, as far as uh, heading to week three, we'll see. But Jacob, again, thank you for hopping on, man. We, uh, you know, we appreciate it. Uh, friend of the pod, uh, do you have anything you want to say before we kind of head out of here, man? Yeah, no, I'm just going to say uh, if the Bears do lose, uh, we, we might be get, we might be getting a mock draft. We might be getting a mock draft. And oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I swear that's, when I say that, that's not me being like, oh, the season's over, whatever. Uh, yeah. I just like the draft. And if it's an 0-2 start, I couldn't help but be pessimistic about the rest of the season and how that outcome turns out. But yeah, I, I want to show people. I like showing people draft prospects. Sue me, dude. If we if we go 0-2, you're gonna be in full like draft season almost. Like yeah, <laughs> which is gonna be fun because you are the best in the business as far as Bears Twitter. No one does it better at covering the draft than Jacob Infante. You can uh, follow him on. Uh, you can see it on the screen here. Follow him on Twitter for our Apple Spotify listeners at Jacob Infante twenty four. Um, again, he's amazing. Uh, again, thank you for coming on, man. I know it was last minute. Yeah. It was fun. Hopefully, you know, next time you come on here, we're talking a little bit more in a positive tone. Yeah. Um, but if you enjoyed the content, enjoyed the stream, uh, go ahead and leave a like again, sub to the channel, um, rate the pod on Apple, Spotify. Uh, we appreciate it. And we will recap it Sunday uh, evening and Vicky will be back hopping on the show. So until then, uh, we'll see you next time.